Grace watching Stargate. They made a podcast that's on iTunes that you should rate. Nix is a super fan. Grace is pretty new. Kaylee the Thorgy will help them make it through. Bartender Nick is here to make them drinks. As they reference random pop culture things. Crying out loud, they'll put a smile on your face. There's no place like Tara with Nix and Grace. Welcome to episode 78 of There's No Place Like Terra, a Stargate first watch rewatch podcast. I am Nixie. And I'm Grace, and today we're going over season four, episode 12, Tangent, take two. Take two. <laughs> AKA Cheyenne, we have a problem. I did not make my own. I did not make, I stole Jack's line. This is a beautiful line. You can't beat it. The end. Oh, Grace knows my dislike of that line. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, yeah, this is tangent, actual tangent, not tangent cast. My AKA is a kind of takeoff of that. My AKA is just <laughs> Stargate 13. Nice. I like that. <laughs> and, and so now the real line used and we have problem is not the real line. It's well, it's similar to that. It was, you know, it was he was calling. It was Houston. Right. Goes, we have a pro- like we have got a problem. Like yeah. it was. It was not as concise yeah. as is in the movie. Hollywood. Yeah. Hollywood. I mean, you don't have to Hollywood the story of Apollo it's 13 all that much. It's Hollywood all by itself already. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty kind of one of the most remarkable like yeah. human achievements to me in history is bringing home those yeah. three men alive. It was very, uh, um, yeah. Like that yeah. movie, Grace knows I'm not someone who gets emotional. Grace knows I'm not someone who cries. Yeah, no. I basically cry every time I watch that film. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime we can get Nixie in the field, I'm like, oh, thank God, she's not an android. To be fair, I can just watch, like, I can just watch a rocket launch. Give me a good cinematic rocket launch, even the ones in, like, Armageddon or something, and I will cry yeah. just watching the rocket launch yeah. from the sheer human <laughs> achievement that has been, like, caused a rocket to be able to launch It's pretty awesome orbit. stuff. It's yeah. pretty awesome stuff. These are the things I get emotional over. Scientific <laughs> achievements. Yeah. Humanity. Humanity. Alrighty. This episode first aired on September 15th, 2000. Um, it was written by Michael Cassett. Uh, okay. This is, I didn't have to worry about pronouncing his last name correctly anymore because this is his only episode. Aww. Uh, he is, he, he's also uh, has a num. he's a prolific short story writer. Okay. Um, and he was, because it's, you love the show, a staff writer for 1985 Twilight Zone. Yeah. <laughs> I might have to look up this guy, Michael Cassett. Yes. Uh, mm. And this is directed by uh, Mr. DeLuise. Um, Mr. Dello, Mr. Dello, you know I just I just watched the Friends episode where oh. <laughs> I think it's him, but it's one of the Deloises and they're bullies. Oh yeah, and they're bullying Chandler yeah, yeah, yeah. and Joey. Yep. <laughs> and I thought you should be on Stargate right now. Yeah. Why are you here? Why are you? Why are you here? Um, and we have Carmen back, you know, as Jacob. Yeah. And we have Colin Cunningham back as um, uh, Major Davis. Gotcha. Which is always fun. And then we have Stephen Williams in this episode. As uh, Lieutenant General Maurice Vendrine. Um, yeah, can I tell you that um, I have to cut in here because yeah, you please just said do. his name. Yes. And I was like, what name was his name? I'm pretty sure his name is The Dream. Yeah, it's so the Lieutenant dream. General, the dream. It's yes, Lieutenant General. <laughs> He's pretty the damn dream. dreamy. <laughs> he is pretty dreamy. Um, and what's funny is that Peter DeLuise and him have a history. Oh, okay. Tell because uh, he was Captain Adam Fuller on 21 Jump Street. <laughs> is that where I know his face from? That's, I was like, I know either, his face. It is either that or he's Rufus on Supernatural. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I loved Rufus. Seriously, uh, love one of my favorite. And I also know him super well because he was X on The X-Files, oh, Mr. X. Oh, gotcha. Where, the, where he, when Mulder marked the uh, masking yes. tape X on the window, this is who would show up. So Got it. he basically plays a lot of really awesome characters. Yeah, I think I think Rufus is where I know him. I just I was like, I've seen this man yeah. before. Yeah. He has been annoyed at someone recently. Like he's got that, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's got the face that somebody annoyed him before. It and makes he, sense. And he plays he Those plays Winchester in general boys. super well. Yeah. Like he's just he has that command naturally. Yeah. He's a naturally commanding presence. Um, um, so Lieutenant General the Dream. Got it. Yeah, the Dream. The yes. Dream. I will call him that. <laughs> um, so, hey guys, brace yourself. As you can imagine, 
I have some science in this episode. <laughs> All the science. I was like, That's I really science. am looking forward to Nixie's science and because math. I don't know a lot of what's happening. Here. Well, it's what's funny is, and I will get to it later. Uh-huh. My my long my my science according to Stargate segment was essentially preempted by another well-known YouTube series like (laughs) on Thursday. So I'll get to that. Got it. It's kind of funny. Okay. <laughs> so we start on a runway, which yes. is always fun. Yep. The team and Davies are uh, waiting for Teal to return from taking something out for a spin around the world. Yeah. <laughs> well, a black jeep pulls up and has General Hammond as well as Lieutenant General of the Dream. It was really fun to see Hammond, like, st- outside of the base. Yeah. Like, he's... He's taking his dress blues, I guess. Would that be the right word? I don't, I know. don't remember the exact But just the idea of him, like, sitting in a car and In just, his like, jaunty jacket yeah. and his happy. You don't get to see him in... <laughs> And he he does exist outside the mountain. Yeah, like, it's it's like when you see your when you're little and you see a teacher outside of school. Yeah, it's like and you're, you're like, why are you here? I thought you were a hologram that only existed inside you're the building. You're not allowed to be here. Are you allowed to be here while I'm here? This isn't allowed. <laughs> yeah. And then we get a really nice general, general, doctor, general, general, doctor <laughs> trope from Spies Like Us, <laughs> which is always fun to hear. Yeah. Oh yeah. You can't when you have a situation. You have to do it when you have yeah. something like this. There's always the chance. Um, and since uh. Hammond has told uh, the dream nothing but good things. Jack is pretty sure Hammond's left something out. Yeah, and, he's lying. And he goes, such as? And Jack goes, hey, Teal. Hey, Teal, are you there? Hey, I'm going <laughs> to look far away now. Teal tells him to look to the southwest and bam, a Death Grider buzzes them with a sonic boom and shatters glass vehicles <laughs> or vehicle glass. And uh, uh, General the Dream gets an up-close and personal introduction to the X-301 Interceptor. Nice. Intercept. Uh, as Teal, you know, flies casual. Yeah. Uh, and Davis explains that it was made with a combination of good old American know-how and two <laughs> gold death gliders that she oh, brought home. <laughs> like a cat bringing home a dead creature. Yep. Here's the death gliders. I brought you a thing. I brought you a thing. Now make something with it. Uh, basically. I love, I love the good old American way of yeah. being like, this is mine now. I make this. <laughs> and what's even funny is Jacob alludes to that oh, later yeah. in the episode. You made this? <laughs> I made this. <laughs> Uh, and then Sam tries to explain how it flies and that it doesn't necessarily exert force against gravity as much as it takes the inertia out of the equation and the pilots move from the geoforces and not even Sam understands the physics of this thing. <laughs> Which, just that it works. Yeah. It just works, guys. I love when she tries to explain it to the dream and he goes, never mind. I'm I good. didn't want to know that much. I didn't want to know that much. So it does it fly good? Like, he turns to Hammond and goes, does she do this all the time? Yeah. Do you just not ask her questions? Um, and also, I have to I have to imagine that not being able to understand the physics exactly has to annoy the shit oh, out yeah. of Sam. Oh, yeah. But, and it's funny, because even so, she's the one that understands it the most out of anybody. Yeah, and she's still, nope. Yeah, there was a boyfriend, Jesse, who, who walked in yeah. while that conversation was happening, and he goes... Well, that's not fair. He asked her. I was like, yeah, but he didn't know what he was going to get Yeah, he didn't her. know. He didn't know what he, he was He didn't know what into. he was asking. No. <laughs> he needed it. I was like, I don't ask. I remove my question. This has happened a couple times where someone asked me a simple, like, like yeah. at work, and they'll ask me a question about, like, a pl- like a general space question yeah. about something they need, and then I feel like sometimes they're going, I didn't. I didn't mean that. Does not. Do you Please see? Stop. Can you see their eyes going somewhere <laughs> at some point? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I try and I go, oh, this is more than I can handle. <laughs> so then, like, the brain goes elsewhere and becomes like home. And all of a sudden, just goes. Did 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 the ballet. And then we get a bunch of shots of Teal just, you know, highway to the danger zone. Yeah, having way too much fun. Oh yeah. Like, just pulling barrel rolls and So, shit. does this make Jack his goose? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Because he's Maverick, right? Yeah, he's... Oh, Teal'c is totally Maverick in this yes, one. Yes, I like it. Um, I <laughs> watched way too much Top Gun at a way too early age. Um, I really wanted to be in... Air- an Air Force Top Gun pilot, which <laughs> so now doesn't exist, by the way. <laughs> Top Gun is the one. Actually, I get Days of Thunder and Top oh, Gun. Yeah. Some okay. scenes confused. Top Gun is the one with the volleyball scene, right? Yes, that's when I learned. I was like, the boys. Yeah, <laughs> that's a thing. Um, I there's a couple scenes in that film that I didn't know existed until I was older. <laughs> Because I never noticed strategically about the same time in the movie every time we'd have to go get something or brush our teeth or... And then come back. Well, pause the film, don't worry. Yeah. Because I was watching it way too young. But yeah, um, 
Top Gun is part of the Navy. Yeah. But I really thought Top Gun was part of the Air Force. Oh, well, that makes sense. Because they're planes. Yeah. Yeah. Planes going so in the air. So I really want to be an Air Force Top Gun Good pilot. Job, <laughs> that doesn't... That doesn't, doesn't work. It. That doesn't... That's not Well, you were going to make it happen. I was going to make it If anyone could make it happen, guys, it's Nixie. Um, Nevertheless, she persisted. <laughs> started just drawing pretty pictures for a living. Uh, <laughs> um, and then my, I think my favorites. Oh, there's a lot of favorite shots in this episode. There's a lot of great shots, yeah. But I do love where Jax, like, turns heroically to the camera with his wear going up. Yeah. Oh, it flies. Yeah. And just <laughs> the most ridiculous, <laughs> wonderful shot. And then we head to the credits. So as we come back from the credits, Teal'c has landed the X-301, mm-hmm. and the Dream uh, always likes to meet the pilot, and... This is my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Teal'c's like, the vehicle performed within the exceeded parameters, and Jack lets out a woohoo. This, the, yeah, the shot right here where he's like, I always like to meet the, yeah. the pilot, and there's just like majestic superhero teal yes. coming out of this plane. With his with his non-existent hair waving in the yeah, breeze basically. Yeah, he might as well be wearing a cape. Yeah. He's, yeah, oh yeah. he's about to save the goddamn world. Oh yeah. yeah. It's fantastic. <laughs> that might have been my favorite. And then Teal, I mean Jack just got wrapped up in Teal's enthusiasm. Oh yeah. This. <laughs> <laughs> so they're performing tests to see how effective um, a single X-301 can be as an orbital defense against the Gould. Mm-hmm. And you know... They, we also get the idea here that the X-301 and a future wing of them would be under the Dream's command. Oh, gotcha. That makes sense. So the next test is Jack taking the goose position. Jack yes. becoming goose yeah. for an air-to-air fire test. And the SGC control room is going to become mission control. Mm-hmm. And uh, light that candle, the Dream says, as Jack and Teal'c part ways. And Teal'c is confused. Uh, are, do, does he want us to perform some sort of candle-burning ritual? Yes. Yes. <laughs> that's going to be fun to just fuck with them a little. Yes. Uh-huh. That's exactly. Yep. Yes. Go kill no room right now. <laughs> uh, and in uh, from the SGC control room, Jack and Teal have their go. Davis explains that normally the X-301 is stealth and wouldn't show up on the radar and art, but they put a tracker on it mm-hmm. so we can see it. Right. And Sam shows Vadrine the, the, the target they're going to hit with their missiles. Mm-hmm. They have two... AIM-120 air-to-air missiles, which normally couldn't take out a gold mothership unless they happen to be armed with NACWDA-enhanced warheads and modified with a shield frequency generate modulator. Mm. And Hammond gets this, like, <laughs> proud papa smirk on it's his like, face. did this. He's like, yep, these, these, this is my command. Yeah, I, I mean... My people are good. Foreshadowing for where the episode's going. Yeah. You gotta start out pretty cocky. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's where we are. We're, um, we're pretty penisy. Oh, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and fun fact, <laughs> another time they did not make up, you know, Earth Tech, those oh. missiles are real. Oh, cool. They are medium-range missiles that have been in service since 91 or 92. Um, there's still versions of them in service, mm-hmm. and they are actually informally known as Slammers. Oh. They got that name, I think, in the late 90s. That's because that's when Pogs were out, and yes. there were Slammers. That's that you would totally the reason. Because these guys were way into Pogs. Yeah. That's you, yeah. facts, guys, totally that I just made up. the reason that they're called I'm not sorry. Any of that, believe it. <laughs> <laughs> so they begin their attack run, and Jack is loving it. Um, but Tilk overshoots the target, actually, yeah. was back yeah. there. Yeah, something not good. And Tilk's like, I'm not in control anymore. The craft won't accept any input, and they continue to shoot up straight up. The sky yeah. darkens as they leave the atmosphere. That's gotta be fun. They also can't eject because that system's malfunctioning, and Jack declares a state of emergency. Mm-hmm. In the control room, they can't get a hold of Digger One. By the way, they call it Digger One. That's the call sign. Forgot to mention that. Yeah, no, I was. Is there a reason for that specifically? Do we know? Is that a reference to something? I feel um, like it should be. I did not check. It doesn't immediately off the top of my head. Okay. Um, but no, I. Okay. I I I was focused on different I'll references take it. in one. the show. It works, which will come up soon. <laughs> um. Anyway, so the they, the ship has left their radar. They're trying to get it back. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, while the X-301 is a spacecraft, that wasn't part of the test today. And they're not just, like, heading into orbit. They're heading straight onto space. <laughs> um, the okay. lack of inertia is a pretty lucky thing here as they shoot through the atmosphere yeah. at a high rate and don't get G-forces. So Daniel knows that Teal'c wouldn't just do this intentionally. Mm-hmm. Duh. 
Uh, has yeah. to be a malfunction. Oh, you think, guys? Yeah. Duh. Uh, and Hammond wants the shuttle action officer at Space Command, but unless they can find a way to turn the ship around, the shuttle's not going to do any good anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and you guys remember when we had a shuttle? Yeah. We had there like was a shuttle. We had like multiples of them. There was a thing that happened. It was happened. really cool. Mm-hmm. Like, I really miss the shuttle, guys. Once upon a time. Can't wait for Orion. Uh, anyway, Davis lets them know that NASA's deep space tracking is looking for them now, and they should be able to find them and reestablish contact between the um, DSP and NORAD. I love how quickly the episode moves through this part. Yes, it was a very it was very emotional. For mm-hmm. it's just, it's the best word I can think of. Um, somehow they. There's no dragging of this storyline no. at the beginning. Like, there's a lot of fun. It's a lot of action. It's a lot of high energy. It, it is a little bit of a bummer that we don't see more from this writer. Because yeah. they just move right through it. And what's interesting without is... Without losing the viewer. Yeah. And what's interesting is in the commentary, mm-hmm. like, Peter was actually worried that this episode would drag. Because you have two of our people who are stuck in, right. in a ship. And they can't even look at each other when they're talking to each other. Um but That's true. not boring, guys. No. Not boring Pretty at all. Pretty awesome. So out in space, Jack is trying to communicate with the SGC back. Nothing's working for him. And um, he looks out behind him and is that... Is that Earth shrinking? The little behind marble. Us? Little yeah. blue marble. That's a thing? Uh, and Teal does clarify that, well, it's the size is constant, but rather we are moving away <laughs> yeah. at an extreme velocity. Oh, really? Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> um, but at least the instruments say they aren't accelerating anymore. Mm-hmm. So that's a good thing. Uh, and as Teal tries to restart the engines, they hear a, the soothing voice of Apophis yeah, that's calling them fun. Shalva and saying that those who have turned against their god will die in the cold of space and that what is rightfully his will it's be a nice little pre recorded message. Like, yep. please stay on the line. It's a Your gold sh- lojack. Yeah. <laughs> I stole that from commentary. Nice. Uh, and. Yeah, Jack just wants to confirm what he just heard. Yeah. That's what we just heard? So awesome. basically death? Okay. Great. Got it. Back at the SGC, they can't get a hold of Digger 1 yet. NASA's trying to boost the signal. Um, Daniel is going to try and contact some of the allies who have space flight. Good. Mm-hmm. Um, and we learn that they're traveling at around a million miles an hour. That's a lot of miles. Which, fun fact, mm-hmm. where it starts, would take them about 15 minutes to reach the moon. Rough oh, wow. guess, because it's just under a quarter of a million miles to the moon. Gotcha. So it so was, 15, 20 minutes, depending on traffic. I'm thinking somewhere between 13 <laughs> and 17 minutes, yeah. Okay. And just to put that speed in context, it took Apollo three days. Got it. And they, wow. But they did slow down at the end so yeah. they could you know make the loop and go into mm. orbit. But yeah, it, it took um, the Apollo missions around three days. And at the rate of a million miles an hour, which is, I'm glad they did a nice round number. It yeah. makes calculations really easily. Uh, <laughs> but it would take them about, about 15 minutes. That's yeah. not bad. Yeah. Um, well, I go to the moon, you know, hit quick grocery run. It has other implications in their numbers later in the episode. <laughs> yeah. So the dream is going to head back to the Pentagon, see how he can help there. And that's basically mm-hmm. the end of what we see of him. Got it. Sam has an idea, but a lot of things have to go right for it to work. So they finally get Jack back on the radio, and I love how this show gets the little things right and that there is a communication lag. Yes. That's great. Um, and also between the, if if they are, they're probably past the moon at this point, but they're at the moon, the delay is only about uh, one and a third seconds. Okay. So now this delay would probably get bigger as far as it does. Go. Okay. Like, to, it, for example, Mars, depending on where, like, Earth and Mars are in their orbits, mm-hmm. it could be anywhere from three to three. 21 minutes of of a lag, depending on how close they are. So back in space, um, they have enough power and life support for several days. um, But if this program heads back to Apophis' home world, it could take them several hundred years to get there. Wow. Actuality, probably a fuck ton longer than that. Uh, And... Fun times, the device is basically here because of Teal'c. Before yeah. he traded Apophis, this device wouldn't have been necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, which Jack just blows off. They'll be fine. Don't worry. Yeah, don't no take, big deal. Yeah. Don't, don't claim this. We don't don't to. start with your guilt trips. Exactly. <laughs> with your self-guilt trips. And we know Teal'c to yeah. take a self-guilt yeah. trip. <laughs> yeah. Don't pack your bags. Unpack that suitcase. Put your underwear back in the drawer. You are not taking this trip. You're fine. <laughs> so meanwhile, I hear back from Earth. Um, Jack fills them in the situation with some snark and that nothing is responding to them and they are purely ballistic. Yeah. Um, ballistic, if 
because I think it's a ballistic is a term that people hear, but they don't necessarily yeah. know specifically. That just basically means that you are an object is traveling on its own and it's mm-hmm. now just governed by outside forces. Like gotcha. you can't correct this path. Like once you throw a baseball. Yeah. It is ballistic. Yeah. Because that makes sense now because it's used a lot with weapons. With yeah. guns and things. So when you hear the term ballistic missile, that yeah. just means like the only sort of navigation or control it has is when it first launches. Right. And then once, it's on its own. Once you first launch in the air, it is it is just affected by winds and gravity and whatever sort of natural forces. So will. it's a lot like Stormy on a walk. Yes. It's like I have initial control and then he's yeah. on his own. Long darts. Long darts are a dangerous ballistic gotcha. game. Yeah. It's a ballistic. My dog is a ballistic dog. Yeah. If you run with a Stormy, you don't know where you're going. <laughs> <laughs> Dogs in motion stay in motion. Wait, yeah. that's a little different law. Um, so, on the other side of this, Sam explains that they're already up to a lag time of a few minutes, mm-hmm. so well past the <laughs> yeah. moon at this point. Um, and the, the glider's going to pass close to Jupiter, and if yeah. they can nudge him just a little bit, they can slingshot him around back towards Earth. Nice. And that's at the point that they receive Jack's message and hear him say that, you know, they're ballistic and they have no control. And Sam gets really frustrated because she was really counting on them having some small ability to maneuver. Right. She has no clue how they're going to swing them around Jupiter at this point without mm-hmm. it. Um, the lag time, just to know, the lag time between Earth and Jupiter is anywhere from 33 to 53 minutes. Well, that's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. Um, so back in space, they hear Sam's message back, and they also realize that without thrusters, they can't nudge themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jack responds back that they have negative nudging capabilities. Negative nudging, guys. Guess what that is? It's money, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> negative nudging. Uh, and But Jack does have an idea. They are sitting on these two missiles. Mm-hmm. Um, and Teal'c then wonders what the specific measurement of a nudge is. <laughs> you know what? Teal'c would have done horribly with my previous boss who measured things in nudges oh, and, I, and, smidge, and ticks and smidge. Yeah, these are my and, standard measurements. Yeah. You move that down a tick. Yeah. A tick. So how many pixels are in a tick? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, just three to five ish. to ten to twelve. It's like that-ish. Yeah. <laughs> um, by the way, nudge is like the secret code word for this episode. Yeah. So every time we hear it, we have to scream. (laughs) Ah! So we hear the overlap of Jack's message back in the control room. Jack is wondering if they can override the release so they can use them as thrusters as they burn. And if so, they'll need the math done on that. It's doable, Sam thinks. If they can get enough Delta V out of the missiles, the easy part is going to be Davis overriding the release controls. So another little definition, Delta V. Uh Uh-huh. Delta V is simply, like, literally a change in velocity. Okay. So velocity is the speed. Right. The speed in a given direction. Like, Mm -hmm. 75 miles an hour north is the velocity. Okay. Speed in the direction. Yep. So the delta V is the measure of how much power you need to to change velocity. In this case, nudge how much power they'll need to, to change the direction and nudge them closer to Jupiter. So, yeah. To get what, what, affected by their gravity. How much energy do I need to get it to become what this other thing that I want? Yeah, to exactly. Okay. Um, and so a lot of times, you know, they'll, they'll it's talked a lot about in, um, you know, rocketry and in, in, in orbital mechanics, space mechanics. It's, you know, the delta V of, of getting a rocket off the ground and into orbit. Got it. Is okay. different than the delta V of getting a, something off the ground and shooting to the moon. Got it. So, okay. Um, Which are all less than the Delta V of getting Grace off the couch yes. when she's in a marathon of friends. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, ah, I used it well. <laughs> I think. I don't know. Um, Be pissed. So, because <laughs> so if, if they're flying, right now they're flying so close, if supposedly so close to Jupiter, that if you're flying close enough to Jupiter, Jupiter has this huge gravity well. Right. So if they're flying that close over, they're not going to fly in a straight line by it. They're it's gonna like curve. they're going to curve around it and they're going to go start off pulling exactly gotcha. so they're yeah. going like, sli- to slightly veer off magnets <laughs> magnets guys slightly veer off in a different direction they sam is wanting them to get close enough to jupiter that they literally just like ricochet around Got it. and head back to earth 
Kaylee's really excited about that idea. Yeah, Jupiter's her favorite planet. It, 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 to be fair, she's a little partial to Saturn. Sure. She's got the rings. Yeah, well, that's like A little tutu. Mm-hmm. Um, so, <laughs> um, the Delta P, the Delta V that Sam is looking for out of those missiles, she's hoping will be enough to just ram them a little bit closer to Jupiter. Gotcha. Um, and uh, so they're basically trying to take this out of control thing and use those missiles to push it towards something yes. that'll give them some control. Exactly. Got it. Well, it's not going to be control. Or, it's basically just, that'll take a different. That'll yes. hook into that Jupiter. will change their that will change their their trajectory. Would that be the right word? The velocity. Velocity. Okay. Yeah. Well, their path would be the trajectory. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Um, I know things. Because <laughs> right now their velocity is a million miles an hour towards Apophis world. Right. They would like to change that gotcha. to a million miles an hour in a different direction. Got it. Um, so Davis walks, starts walking um, Jack and Teal through the missile override. Um, and Sam has 30 minutes to make these precise calculations. And even Davis is skeptical. Skept- yeah. Skeptical. Yep. Yep. Guys, I can't say that word. Uh, but, like, doubtful. Sam's like, this is... Yeah, doubtful. There you go. <laughs> Sam's like, this is literally all the time they have, so this is the time I'm going to have to get the calculations yeah. done. There's and, no way around it. like, stop making her nervous, Davis. She knows perfectly well that if she's slightly off, they're going to crash into Jupiter. Yeah, you know, times like these, there's really no room for, like, negative Nancys. Yeah. There's really no room for it. It's like, this is the time I have, so I will make it happen in this time. So speaking of slight, slight tangent and tangent, yeah. uh, speaking yeah. of crashing things into a planet, if you guys yes. aren't looking at what's going on with Cassini right now, please do, because it's kind of amazing. What's it doing? So, the, you know, Cassini's been out at Saturn for a while. Okay. It's been there for what like decade plus or something like this uh-huh. it got there in like oh three oh four somewhere in that range okay so basically they it's the it's getting towards the end of its lifespan okay. and they like to crash um these probes they crashed one into jupiter yes. a while ago they like to crash these probes into the uh, kind of a cool thing into the planet because they don't want it accidentally landing on a moon or some of this and basically bringing Earth bacteria, if there is any, and sure. having that possibly affect something. Okay. So they basically just destroy them, yeah. burn them up in an atmosphere. So what they're doing, though, is they are... It's going to it's gonna fly by um, Saturn about once a week till September. Okay. But they're flying it not just, like, around Saturn. It's the first time they're flying it between Saturn and its inner ring. (gasps) It's gonna thread the needle, guys. It's already threaded the needle, like, once, I think twice at this point. And it's bringing back the most amazing photography. Oh, cool! Of of like close up on Saturn. Okay, and it's really cool. And so it's gonna make all of these loops. And it's kind of cool to watch the 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 overlay of the path because of it looks like a spirograph. Got is it. What it looks Got like, it. and eventually it's just gonna like slow down and just dive straight into Saturn. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's kind of really amazing. <laughs> um, it's funny. It's weird. So um. I don't know why, but this brought back to mind an episode of Mad Men. Okay. Where it's 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 not the it's not late enough in the sixties for people to be thinking about the environment. Yeah. So everyone's out on this on this uh picnic and they leave and they just leave all their trash. Oh out. yes, I remember that one. And and it was before people realized that that was not a great thing to do. Yeah. Like, I wonder if in like a hundred, two hundred years be like, hey, remember all this shit you crashed everywhere? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't do that. Hey guys. <laughs> so anyway. And then I did the math here. Uh-huh. So at the at the closest between Earth and Jupiter, yeah. is the closest point is three Universal litter. It's <laughs> my new band. <laughs> is about three hundred and sixty-five million miles from Earth. Okay. Which would be three hundred and sixty-five hours, like fifteen days wow. for them to get to Jupiter. So she has a bit more than a half an hour to calculate Yikes. things. Yeah. That's that doesn't not the first time. The math gets a little wonky in this episode. Uh, yeah, that is weird. I wonder if... No, there's no... It was just plot device. Yeah. Let's just hang a lantern on that shit and plot device. Done. We're done. Yeah. Okay. So, um... Because I was going to say, maybe it's moving exponentially, but no. it's not. We've already because accepted the, the, they, that it's not. Yeah, the, the engines have been turned <laughs> off. They're just going. An object in motion stays in motion. Yeah. They're just cruising. Yeah. Like, they're just going. <laughs> they're not speeding up anymore. They're trying to catch that light. It's about to turn yellow, so they sped up a little bit. Um, I love this one. Uh, this she, is one of my favorite fuck-ups. Uh, oh, there's a b- oh, way bigger one coming. 
coming up later. <laughs> this one's just fun. Way bigger one coming up later. <laughs> Exponentially bigger one coming up later. Okay. On Jack's end, he, like, under his breath is telling Davos to, for crying out loud, slow down as he's, as he's like, locking in the missiles. And Davis just keeps talking. Uh, and Jack's like, are you getting this deal? Because I'm I don't know punching things, things in. Uh, and Sam joins in over the radio telling him to fire missile two and then uh, missile one at T plus ten. Um, it sounds like a lot, but it's what we have to do. Mm-hmm. So by the time they get the message and do all that stuff, it's about time to begin the burn. Mm-hmm. I don't know how this turns because if the missiles are locked in, like they're parallel to the ship, so all it's going to do is fire it forward. So I don't really know how this is changing the trajectory a little bit to the right or left. It's just speeding them up. Yeah. Like, because they can't, like, turn, like... The missiles. They can't turn the missile to the left. Like, there's no steering on this ship Well, maybe we're missiles. not close enough to... I don't know. Plot. Guys. Plot! Um, listen, they have some really cool spaceship... Oh, right? a plot card into the yeah, field? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the, the end of this episode... Which, for most people, would be the most unbelievable part. Totally legit, guys. Oh, so we'll get there. Gotcha. So, um... Well, they did it on The Martian. No? No. It's different than The Martian. Okay. Different than The Martian. Fine. The Martian is different than this one because they are in spacesuits. That's true. Yes. Okay. So, by the time they fire it up, they count down to, like, the burn of missile one, and we can see them flying by Jupiter, Mm. um, and... So, all of a sudden, one missile disengages from the ship and shoots out in front of them until it burns out, and then the ship runs into it because it's going <laughs> forward. That can't be good. Nope. In the control room, they're getting preliminary data, and they had, like, we see what the hoped-for path and what the actual path on the screen, mm-hmm. and um, Sam is like, Sam tells them there's no joy in the burn. It yeah. didn't work. That's not what we wanted. The missiles didn't have enough thrust, and their new trajectory takes them out of the solar system towards the Oort cloud, which they'll reach in a few months, but they're still not giving up. Okay, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Unless they, like, like, get close enough to a planet to go into orbit, they will always go out of the solar system <laughs> and you will always hit the Oort cloud because the Oort cloud surrounds the solar system oh. like a giant sphere. Like a big old lifesaver around your body. Not just a lifesaver, know. like it's a sphere. It's, yeah. So like, we're like encased in this thing. Voyager isn't even to the Oort cloud yet. Oh wow. Yeah. Um, and Voyager goes pretty damn far. Yes. It's the furthest out like man-made object. Huh. And it's not to the Oort Cloud yet. Um, they're not going to reach the Oort Cloud in a few months. <laughs> By my quick calculations, they're traveling at a million miles an hour. It'll take them 645-ish months <laughs> or 54 years nice. to reach this start of the Oort Cloud. Wow. <laughs> Well, and maybe then it's a Sam, you know, that's a few. And then another <laughs> 54 years to reach the other side of the Earth. Maybe cloud. she's like so enlightened that she, like, time means nothing to her. So she's like, it's just a few months. Oh. An entire human lifespan. Just then skill, guys. Yeah. 15 days to reach Jupiter. 645 months miles an hour. to reach the Earth cloud. Um, so what it is, is it is between... 50,000 and 200,000 AU, which an AU is the distance between, uh, it's like a, the distance between the Earth and the Sun. Okay. Okay. It's, the start of it is 50,000 times more. Than the distance between the Earth and the Sun. Wow. Yes. I don't have the brain for that, guys, so I'm going to call it something else. Yeah. I'm going to think of a different way to think of it. It's giant, guys. It's giant. Just giant. It's like a grain of rice to a spaghetti noodle. Uh, wait, that's not even, not even close. Okay, fine. Not even close. <laughs> it is a grain of rice to a pool noodle. It's like a grain of rice to the planet Earth. Like it's, <laughs> like it's a. I want noodles in my analogy. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So she's a little Guys, off. I'm hungry. She's a little off. Um. So up in space, we hear the end of Sam's message, and Jack says the camera pressure is holding. Um, They didn't spring a leak from the missile hitting them, but Jack may have sprung one just then. Uh, (laughs) And the situation's worse, and Jack points out, you think? Yeah. And and Tilk's like, indeed. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that they don't, he doesn't lose his snark. Yeah. In the face of death. Yeah. (laughs) 
the missiles damage both power and life support. Yikes. So in the briefing room, they work through the problem. Davis recommends shutting down of all non-essential systems to save power. Mm-hmm. Daniel wonders if they can disconnect the lockout, and Sam's like, no, that's a dumb idea. Do you not think that there would be a failsafe to stop someone from doing just that? Just don't think, Daniel. That's dumb. Yeah. You're not going to do that. Uh, Sam thinks they should maximize life support. And at this point, we're basically in the scene from Apollo 13 where they try to make it fit a square peg fit in a round hole. Yeah. They try to get the square filter from the command module to fit in the round hole for the lunar module. Yeah. Using nothing but what we have. Ta-da! Well, yeah, we're at the table with the random duct tape. Yep. 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 Duct tape, uh, and guys. It's, and it's also getting really cold. Like, this is the Apollo 13 part of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Um, they're just not. Are heading, we on the dark side of the moon yet? They're just not heading back the to Earth. Dark, the side, dark of the side of Jupiter. Of Jupiter. Yeah. <laughs> um, that should be like the the sequel to Dark Side of the Moon. Oh yeah, it's Dark Side, dark of, side Jupiter. of Jupiter. Yeah. I'm for it. Um, so we we learn that Tolan can't get a ship here inside a year, mm-hmm. and the Tok'ra does have a scout ship there that could be there in a day or two, but it's not a covert mission, and they don't want to expose their operative. Mm-hmm. They only told him this because they're hoping that the mission can be completed in time to save Jack and Teal'c, and Daniel just kind of lost his temper to a niece, like, during this conversation, right. apparently. Sam knows um, the scout ship's maximum speed, so we they know it has to be a, a Gould-occupied world close to Earth, so that narrows it down, and they're, like, half-running out the room where Hammond's like, yes, you have permission, go for it. Yeah, do the things. Back up in space, they are powering down as much as they can, including the radio that turned on like once an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and before he does turn it off, Dino comes on and tells them that they have a new plan. Jack would prefer to be able to do something themselves, and Dana reminds them, I know you probably want to do something yourselves. Don't. Don't touch the recall device. That's Don't do that. Yeah, that would be bad. Stop ba- it. Yeah. Stop doing uh, things. Uh, what did I say? Don't touch. I can see you from here. I can see you. <laughs> uh, in the control room, P2X257 uh, is the only world close enough to Earth that the Goulds still occupy. It's one of Kaylee's favorite planets. Mm-hmm. Um, the mission, like the, the Toker mission, must be here. There are risks, but SG-14 was there for a couple days observing, and they weren't detected, so they have good odds. Yeah. And they I like only... that. If someone did it, then we can do it, too. And they only send Daniel and Sam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what else are they gonna do? I mean, and, and I wonder if because it's just the team of them two, they're less likely to be detected. This is true. I'm just Daniel is not known for his subtlety. No, he definitely has no stealth. Yeah, but he's pretty good with diplomacy. This is true. Yeah, it's just so we got a fighter. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I mean, and she's not exactly a barbarian. No, you know what I mean? no. I mean, she's 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 a roguish, yeah, stealthy. She yeah, she's a stealth. She's a fighter with a little more intelligence. Yeah, than uh, just you know, she's a, also a little lighter on her feet than someone like say Teal'c. Right. Um. So uh, they don't know who the operative is, but Anise did say it was someone important to them. So, duh, guys, really, we kind of know who it is. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not stupid. Yeah. It's totally so, Sam's boyfriend, except what? Except uh, that whole death thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so over the radio on the 301, they listen to Hammond telling them that Sam and Daniel are going to try to get a craft to save them. They just have to hang in for 24 hours. He knows that sounds like forever, um, and they hate just waiting, but the best thing to do is conserve energy. Mm-hmm. And um, bad news is... So our current power and life support <laughs> won't even last 12 hours. Let's do the math on that one. That one I can do, guys. Yeah. That's not good. That's that's half. Mm-hmm. That's that's, that's half. not good kind. 12 is half of 24. Yep. So on the planet, Sam and Daniel are trying to figure out how to find the operative when the operative just beams them up to the scout ship. It is I, the operative, otherwise known as Jacob. <laughs> Um, what are you doing here, kid? And he wonders if they're out of their minds, and they yeah. better have a damn good reason to be up here. And he was about to blow the NACO to shipment that would have taken out a chunk of this planet, and he saw them coming through the Stargate. I was cloaked, and then yeah. you, like, showed up being all not stealth coming through the Stargate. Yep. And it takes basically... They were like, ta-da, it is I, half of SG-1, <laughs> SG.5. And it, it basically takes one short sentence, and it basically takes Sam going, uh, Tilka and Jack are in trouble. He goes, let's go. Yeah. Screw my mission. I do love how from here forward, 
it becomes a father-daughter relationship. It is. What the hell are you doing here? Yeah. You almost fucked up everything I was doing. And Jacob is like a great crotchety old man. Yeah, yeah. Uh. It was absolutely like, why are you here? Yeah. Why are you at my work? Yeah. <laughs> Mom said that to tell you that they're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Don't yell at me. <laughs> so, in the control room, they get the good news that the to- they're on the Tokra Scout ship, and they're calling it Digger 2. Bad news is, according to Davis's calculations, even with traveling in hyperspace, Jack and Teal could be dead by the time they get there. Yikes. Um, also, the Deloise cameo is super hard to find in this episode. Okay. I looked a long time and really hard for him, and I think I spotted him as a guard as Hammond comes down the stairs. Oh, okay. But I'm not 100% I didn't sure. See him. So if you can confirm or deny that, please let me know. <laughs> on the glider, Jack is cold. He yeah. wants to turn the heat up. He's on the calculations. And he'd rather not die frozen to death. He's already done that. Yeah. It's not the fun. frozen thing. Yeah. <laughs> With a much uh, sexier companion. Yeah. <laughs> just wants to I mean, to him. Because just, to me. <laughs> he just wants to let it go. Yeah. He wants let to it let go. it go. <laughs> the cold doesn't bother him anyway. Nope. Except it does. It, <laughs> yeah, it does. didn't work. It, it does. almost worked. It, it almost worked. I tried. <laughs> um, but Teal'c is sure there's a chance. And Teal'c knows that if he put himself in a deep state of Kelnarim, he won't use his muck's oxygen. It'll give him more time. Mm-hmm. So Jack just wonders who he'll talk to, though. Jack's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, I'd rather run out of air than have yeah. to be alone with my thoughts. I know. <laughs> just kill me now. <laughs> and Teal'c smiles. He says that they have fought and won many battles, and it's been an honor to serve the Tauri by his side. Guys, they may be where this a great started crying. Just a little, just, the, when he admits the that they are brothers, they're well. They're like basically we're gonna die yeah. together. It was an. It's like nope, don't do it. Get back in there, tear. <laughs> and then I mean, Jack's like I don't know. I don't know really what to say after that because I'm not a word person. But back at you. Yeah. <laughs> and Teal'c it, it says, basically was like I love you. I know. I know. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> and Teal'c says if we are to die, we die well. And Jack's like, I can think of better ways to die. Yeah. I can think of weller ways to yeah. die. <laughs> As he envisions them all. <laughs> all the ladies in his past. I was say, remember the time where I was on this nice planet and yeah. no one else could find me and I got this lady? Like, that'd be a good way that to go. That was pretty cool. Yeah. So on the Toker ship. Like, even in the cold with Sam. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been a much better way to go. Yeah. Like, I love you, dude. But, like, yeah. like different way of love. <laughs> So on the Toker ship, the ship is vibrating, which mm. happens when they push the engines to 132% max speed. Yeah. Uh, and Turns the dials to 11, guys. And, and no, Daniel, this is not wise to do. <laughs> uh, Selmec then asks about the recall device, um, and the Toker have only just heard of them. Mm-hmm. Sam's like, yeah, would have been nice if you told us about them. Yeah. And Selmec goes, would have been nice if you were planning, telling us to plant rewinds. Would have been nice if you told us you plan on making these 301 type things. Yeah. And Daniel's like, yeah, why didn't we tell the Tok'ra that, by the way? Because we're children. Um, And Jacob points out the same reasons that each other didn't tell anything. Politics. Yeah. So, um... I like that Jacob hasn't lost his Jacobness. Yeah. He's like, because we're all a bunch of fuck-ups, dude. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're all a bunch of idiots. So, a practicality thing, how exactly are they going to get Jack and Teal'c, like, out? Because the glider's not going to fit in the cargo bay. And Daniel's like, well, I thought you were just going to, like, beam them out. And Jacob just turns and goes, beam them out? Yeah, just, you know, beam them out. What the fuck? Isn't that Scotty? Do I look like I'm wearing a fucking Captain uniform here? Like, that's not... Scotty, Scotty's not the captain. I know, I know. I was just thinking that he would be more of a Picard. And then he could he tell them... He would be aboard of a car, He yes. would tell them to beam him out. But yeah. Okay. <laughs> Scotty's my favorite, guys. Mainly because he's an engineer. I like... And he's Scotty. Deanna Troy. And Scotty don't give no fucks. <laughs> <laughs> Scotty's seriously my favorite, guys. <laughs> uh, Although yeah. I've been watching Voyager lately, yeah. and uh, Janeway's pretty badass. Janeway is like... The bomb. She, she might be the coolest lady in space. Like, Janeway's... Oh, is, I would... That... As I'm wearing the shirt that I'm wearing. Yeah, as you're wearing a Princess Leia shirt. <laughs> she's not General Leia yet in She's not General Leia in my shirt. No, she's not. She's she's a classic princess. Can I just say, speaking totally different side tangent, in the beginning of episode seven, are we ever going to find out who the fuck that is? That, like, hands... 
the thing to Poe, it's like, to me, she'll always be the princess. Oh. Are we going to find out who the fuck that is, guys? I thought we knew who that was. We, no. No, we all speculated. No. We all speculated. Who, who is that? Like, you can't just well. leave that and have him, like, have some indication that he has some rela- personal relationship with the princess in some way. Guys, like, we have just traveled through three different star I know. universes. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> All three star sagas. Anyway, um... Let's go back. Let's beam up Jack and Teal. Beaming up Jack and Teal because Jacob is not Scotty. But Sam has an idea, but it's going to be a leap of faith for both Jack and Teal. Uh-huh. A float of faith. <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> a leap of faith. <laughs> they don't really leap. They kind of just float. They yeah, don't push it's, off. It's a float of faith. <laughs> so in the glider, Jack t- checks in. Whoop, sorry. Jack Texan. Um, he's clearly not doing well. He's having a hard time even getting any words out. Um, Tilk is meditating. Jack is trying to sleep, but the CO2 levels are so high. It's a horrible headache. Please send aspirin. <laughs> he guesses he has about three hours. Oh. Um, back on Toker's ship, um, bad sounds are happening around yeah. the ship. And while Jacob would like to pull over and make some repairs, this is not the best part of town to do so. So basically, they're in the Millennium Falcon. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> They're hoping the ship holds together. <laughs> yeah, we may be all together. <laughs> to be fair, there is another Millennium Falcon reference that's made shortly. True. Uh, and so he's like, what? Jacob goes back to goes, what the hell are you guys thinking anyway? Retrofitting a death glider. The technology is way over your head. Yeah. And Sam's this is like, where he dads at Sam. Oh, he dads at Sam real hard. And Sam finds that statement quite arrogant and can't believe that Jacob just said that. Mm-hmm. Jacob's like, well, it's the truth. I am uniquely qualified to know just how technologically infantile the human race is. <laughs> and Sam's like, even more offensive, whoa, Dad. Whoa, trigger word. You just called me infantile. Legit. Done. And, and Jacob's like, look, there's nothing wrong with being young, but you have to learn with small steps. You can't just slap a U.S. Air Force sticker on the side of a death glider and call it yours. Except and- when you're America. It's exactly <laughs> what you do. He's like, advancement has to be earned. <laughs> and then, and then, America. and then Dana goes, um, um, I'm just going to point out that the Gould and the Tok'ra both steal technology to get where they are from other races. Mm-hmm. And Jacob's like, yeah, we'll do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. Plus we are flying around ships like these when most of humans thought earth was flat. Yeah. That's not entirely done guys. Some people think the earth is still flat. Um, <laughs> so he could still be correct. In he that could statement. still be correct. Well, not most. Yeah. Mo- he said most people. Fair. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I love that. I love that. He's like, you can't just take shit. And Jana's like, um, don't. That's basically what you did. Don't. Isn't that what you guys do? It's like, you guys don't, just take nobody's, shit? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so there's an explosion in the back of the ship. They've overtaxed their drives. They mm-hmm. drop out of hyperspace in the worst part of town. <laughs> uh, it's going to take Jacob a couple minutes to get them going again. Right. But meanwhile, there's two gold motherships right outside. Awesome. Yeah. And they can't cloak the ship. And thankfully, Daniel can speak ghoul dialect. So in the new contact, just talk to them. Use your imagination. Yeah, I need Sam's help fun. in the back. This is where it's like, Daniel, be a bard. <laughs> We're leaving. Can I also just say here, they're within a day of Earth in yeah. hyperspace. Yeah. There's two gold motherships. Why are they not concerned about two gold motherships within a day of Earth? Well, the scary thing is, is Earth doesn't know they're out there because yeah. they can't know they're out there. That's true. So, like, to me, that's a way bigger thing of, like, guys, there's really dangerous shit pretty close by. Yeah, like a day away from us. Like, those two motherships, we barely survived two motherships last time that's we were true. attacking Earth. Yeah. Should we be concerned about this? We'll worry about it later. We'll worry about it later. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's true yeah so um, they get Jack's message back at the SGC and Hammonds decides to not respond since they have no new information and just let the man try and sleep yeah it's kind of heartbreaking yeah it's kind of heartbreaking um, so on the Tokar ship, they get contacted, and Daniel speaks to them back and forth. There's a nice little button so his voice can go yeah. cold. And I he- love that, like, I'm going to start off, uh, I don't know what I'm doing, and then he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah that's right, I'm Tokar Creek. Or, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Gold Creek. Creek, Oz. Yeah. Oz. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and then Jacob comes up, he's like, we're almost done, and, and Daniel's like, that's... That's good because I don't I don't think this guy's buying anything I'm saying, and he's like, well, what, who'd you say you are? The great and powerful Oz, and Jacob just like sighs, like he's just like, are you fucking serious? That's the best you could come up with. Yeah, it's pretty good. 
I like it. It's uh, it's been a while since we've had a good Wizard of Oz reference. I know it's due, and it's like yeah, we've he calls calls back to Sam. Yeah, we gotta go now. And this is where it'd be like, can I just play with this to sound like a gold? <laughs> it's like when you get helium when you're little, yeah. and you're like, look, I'm gonna say a word. Yeah, word, word, what. And, and that makes sense now why he couldn't think of anything to say. Yeah. <laughs> because when you, someone tells you to say a thing, you're like, I don't have anything to say. Uh, what? What? It's like um, when someone used to tell me, because it doesn't happen as often, they're like, say something in Spanish. And it's like, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> no. <laughs> Espanol. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, um, no. No, what you have to say, just say something. Yeah. Say something in Spanish. Algo. <laughs> exactly. That's, yeah. <laughs> That's what it's like saying goodnight. Yeah. Good night. Um, I'm done now. Anyways, and then Sam makes the other Star Wars reference, punch it! <laughs> uh, which I love. Uh, and they jump into hyperspace as some gliders are following them, firing at them. Yikes. Uh, so in the control room, Hammond notes that it's been almost three hours and he wants to send a final message to Jack. Before oh. we have to hear that horrible heartbreaking message though uh we hear from sam they're in the solar system they're Just four kidding. minutes away from digger one yeah. they're trying to contact them but no success so far so we te- see the two ships next to each other and like i think my favorite shot yeah yeah like it's a kind of nose incredible shot um <laughs> and they still can't contact them sam doesn't think they're too late she's pretty sure they're just unconscious mm-hmm. um sam tries to wake him up by yelling at him that yeah. they didn't come all this way just to take him home in a box yeah. that's right <laughs> she's mad uh, and then your butt, uh, and then yeah. Jacob decides to give him a little nudge. <laughs> Again, Just a little nudge. It's a secret word, guys. Yep. Ah, <laughs> take a drink. Uh, and then Jack wakes up, super groggy, disoriented. <laughs> he looks over. He's just like, "Hi, <laughs> Sam." Yeah. Hi. <laughs> it's almost like he's drunk. Which essentially, yeah, it's very close to it. Okay. Um, Sam Sam tries to get him to read off his reserve oxygen status, but he, he can't process that. He's suffering, suffering from anoxia, which is an extreme form of hypoxia. Okay. Hypoxia is low oxygen. Anoxia is no oxygen. So I think hypoxia is probably a better term here, but okay. I'm not going to whatever. Until they get into space. Sure. Whatever. Use whatever word you want. Um. But just suffering from no oxygen. Yeah. From basically CO2 Brain dying. Yeah. Um, And Sam asks if Jack trusts her. Sure. (laughs) So, and then to wake Teal'c up, Jack throws a pen at him. (laughs) And it's great. Just chucks a pen at him. Um, And he goes, look, it's Sam. And thankfully, Teal'c is coherent and is on the ball. Um, Sam tells Teal'c to remove the restraints and then on her mark, blow the canopy and push off. And he's like, that doesn't sound good. He goes, so you want me to kill myself? Yeah, he goes, no, 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 <laughs> you're not going to die. It'll only be a few, a few seconds and then we can use the ring transporter to beam you aboard. <laughs> beam him up. Beam him up. But you just have to be clear of the glider. Teal'c mm-hmm. understands they need five meters from any ship mm-hmm. close together. Um, and, and Jack's like, is that Jacob? <laughs> and he's I know like, you. He's like, did you... Do you know your ship is bigger than mine? <laughs> I love that that's his most, uh, yeah. his biggest priority yeah. in this moment. The size like, of the other why, ship. Why is my ship not bigger? And then Jacob's like, seriously, Jack, you need to concentrate. And he goes, <laughs> yes, blow the canopy now. He goes, no, on my mark. And basically this is the scene that they had in the Guardians of the Galaxy trailer with Groot pushing the right button. Push the button? Yeah. <laughs> uh, this one, no, that is the button that will destroy us. Yeah. Listen to me carefully. I am Groot. I am Groot. That's basically what Jack is right yeah, now. Yeah, he's a little Blow baby the Groot. canopy on my mark. Blow canopy. No, no on my mark. <laughs> yeah. Blow canopy. No. Stop. <laughs> Leave it. Leave. That's what I had to go back into stormy terms. <laughs> so they, um, so Sam tells them to secure the helmet, suck their oxygen 100%, use all they have left, deep breaths, and excel as much as they can as they blow it. Mm-hmm. Which you'll find out how accurate that is in a second. I'm telling you that even with a completely sound mind, well, that's that's unfair to say. Yeah. With a much sounder mind than yeah. Jack had at the moment, I don't understand half of what she told them okay. to do. I'd be like, okay, so breathe, but then don't breathe. <laughs> Well, she's basically going like breathe deeply the oxygen you have now to get mm-hmm. some bl- as much blood into your uh, system oxygen as possible. Blood, yeah. But as when you blow the the um, the canopy, exhale. Right. Try and propel, don't inhale. Yeah. yeah. Exhale, um, and that's important. We'll find out. Okay. 
Um, we don't find that in here. I'll tell you why. So they position the scout ship. Everyone's ready. They blow the glider canopy. Jack and Teal float out doing a very shitty job of pushing out like they were yeah. told. <laughs> They're picked up by the transporter rings and I counted it's about 12 seconds. Mm. Keep that in mind. Okay. So they're beamed aboard, and they just fall over. Very happy to have air again. Yeah. Sam calls back to the SGC. That I love that tandem falling. Too. Yeah. That's a pretty great shot. <laughs> uh, she calls back to the SGC that Digger 2 has Jack and Teal'c, and they're both alive. And Jack thanks Jacob for stopping by. Mm-hmm. He says, well, I was in the neighborhood. Do you guys want to lift home? And the whole <laughs> control room celebrates. Yay. Relief. Che- Ooh, sorry. Relief. Cheers. Paper gets thrown. Davis and Hammond shake hands. They congratulate themselves, congratulate them, and welcome them home. This is my favorite game of ring toss that has ever ring toss. <laughs> <laughs> Except it was like the toss the things, not the rings. Yes. <laughs> so, my science segment. Dun, dun, dun. Can we survive in a vacuum? No. That's my answer. That's your answer? Yeah. Okay. Now I'm going to hear what the so right answer There was a great article... In Scientific American that I found on this. Okay. The answer is yes and no. Oh. So you're not going to explode or blow up a balloon or things that you've seen in the movies. Okay. Um, you're not going to last long. Mm-hmm. And you can only stay conscious for an even shorter amount of time. But if you accidentally lost pressure or did what they did in this case of blowing it, if you're in the vacuum of space for a short enough time and your crew could rescue you, in even something as long as a couple minutes, you will survive. Wow. Yeah. So basically what happens is we have, when you are under very low pressure or a vacuum, okay. the the air that's left in your lungs is going to expand, okay. which is why you don't want to take a deep breath. You don't want air in your then, lungs. Then you'll blow because your lungs. It's, yeah. It's going to tear all the tissues in your, in your lungs. Yeah. So you don't want to hold your breath and trap air like you do when you go underwater. Sam was right in this. Mm-hmm. You want to, like, exhale to leave as little. You want the oxygen in your blood, which you don't want too much oxygen in your blood, which we'll find out in a second. But you mm-hmm. want enough oxygen to keep your brain going for as long as you can. Uh-huh. But you don't want it in your lungs. Got so um, the air in your soft tissue and on your skin would vaporize and in and the blood everywhere else would swell, but your skin is strong enough to hold you together. You're not going to right. explode. You're not going to, you know. So you would just suffer a lot blood. of edema. You would suffer a lot of edema. You might get a full body bruise yeah. from a lot of bursting blood vessels. Yeah. Um, like, so like, because remember, if you put water in a vacuum, it'll essentially boil. Right. Not because of heat, but because of lack of pressure yeah. and it's forcing it to become, to, to vaporize. Right. Um, so water and gas would form bubbles in your blood Mm -hmm. and it would block some veins and arteries. So after about a minute is when, like, that's when you get an embolism. Yeah. Because there's, yeah, bubbles and air in your blood is not good. (laughs) And, you know, if you've heard that term, the circulations would stop and that's what would stop the oxygen to your brain and lose consciousness because of the the bubbles in your blood blocking the blood flow. So that's why you're attempting to remove as much of that air as possible to avoid that. Yeah, you want to get as much, like, oxygen to your brain that it can hold it for a while. Yeah. But you, but it's... And then remove it from everywhere else. Yeah. So, um, according to some tests done on dogs in 1965, mm-hmm. you might, you'll probably also uh, defecate, projectile vomit, urine, urinate, yeah. and seizure, among other things. But if it's a short enough time, you survive without any repercussions. Mm-hmm. Um, besides being disgusting. Uh, yeah. Well, the idea is that your body at that point is trying to push everything out. Yeah. It's a bunch of pressure everywhere. And your exactly. body's like, fuck everything. It's like, oh, there's a whole it. things can go out of easily. Evacuate, it's going to go out evacuate there. Evacuate the building. Basically, yeah. yeah. Um, but on the, and, and these were like really short time frames. And sometimes the dogs didn't survive. Sometimes they did. But okay. on the plus side, the same test they did on chimpanzees. And they lasted for much longer. Oh, wow. So, there's an interesting accidental experiment that happened. Oh. In 1965, there's a technician inside these giant vacuum chambers they have at Johnson Space Center, which are super creepy, by the way, but also highly fascinating. Okay. Um, he accidentally disrupted a hose on his suit, and it depressurized. Oh, like, no. rapid depressurization inside the Ooh. vacuum center. He lost consciousness after about 12 to 15 seconds. Okay. Which is key when I told you that it took him about 12 seconds to get yeah. onto the ship. He lost consciousness after about 12 to 15 seconds and gained it back. Um, and uh, wait, what did I put? Oh, 
So after he gained it back about 27 minutes after he got pressurized Second. back to, um, like, back to sea level. Okay. Um, he was basically unharmed in the long run, but his last memory was the moisture on his tongue beginning to boil. Wow. And he didn't have much taste for four days afterwards. So basically his body was starting that process. Yeah. So he got repressurized, like, 27 seconds after, uh-huh. like... It went out, and Whoa. he really didn't suffer any long-term issues at all. Mm-hmm. Um, Yikes. So, like, you could definitely be in space for 12 seconds and survive. Yeah. Just barely, and your body yeah. would go through some wear and tear. Yeah, so, the like, they would, they have their eyes open. I'd shut those because the moisture in your eyes would start to boil off. The moisture in your right. tongue would boil off. The moisture, if you have any sweat in your skin, yeah. would boil off, which is, um, like... If you watch the first Guardians, this leads me back to, <laughs> you watch the first Guardians, Guardians. Film, yeah. Um, when that whole scene where where Star-Lord goes out and saves Gamora, yes. and you see, like, the crystallization of his skin yes. because yes, of yes. stuff freezing over. So, um, if you don't watch Because Science with Kyle Hill, okay. please start. It's a great YouTube series. Got it. He put out a video on Thursday literally (laughs) about can Star-Lord survive that time in space. That's awesome. On Thursday (laughs) and covers almost exactly what I just covered here. Nice. After I had taken all of my notes, (laughs) he hacked into my thing and stole my notes. (laughs) Um, he talks about the same poor puppy experiment I read about. He talks about the same accidental incident. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. But seriously, if you don't watch Because Science, it's on the Nerdist channel. It yeah. really is fantastic. He, 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 it's a different topic each time. He is awesome. Like, seriously, Kyle Hill is fantastic. I think I've seen a couple of them. He, it's I like, have. he's like writing on a whiteboard, like yeah. a, a clear board. He's the dude with the long hair. He's long hair. Yes. Yeah, he's awesome. I've definitely seen him. Um, so anyway... Yeah, it basically he stole my science current Stargate and got to it earlier than I did. Damn you, Kyle Hill! I like I said, I do want to point out that I finished my notes before I saw the video. <laughs> it's like when you turn in a paper and someone else did a paper on the same exact topic, and yeah. it's like, look, I did the paper myself. Yeah, <laughs> but he does cover about how that scene in the first Guardians is actually scientific accurate. Yeah, right on. So. They don't quite have the same effects. Like, Jack and Teal'c would have had far more effects to them than what happens in the end of this episode. Uh-huh. But the logistics of them Existing spending about 12 seconds yeah. in space without having long-term repercussions to them, there would be some short-term repercussions. They would not be that fine immediately. Right. But it's totally legit. Nice. Well, I totally think legit. Dr. Janet will probably tell us that they suffered some shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's radio... We haven't even covered her space radiation. Yeah. We're not even touching <laughs> that one. But um, they may have to change their flight suits when That'll they get back thing. in. Yeah. From the pooping and the peeing. All the stuff, yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like Daniel should have ran over to them and been like, ooh. Yeah. Like, caught a whiff or something. <laughs> and they're like, they're fine. They're, don't get close. Don't get close. They're fine. They're fine. Stay back here. <laughs> you want a nose plug? Yeah. Um, but, but yeah. Somebody Febreze them. <laughs> so while their distance and speed calculations may have been off, their survival in space was completely scientifically accurate. What an interesting episode. And it reminds me again, everything reminds me of this. But one of my first forays into uh, sci-fi, I, I may have yeah. told you this, was it It was like a, a TV movie with CCH Pounder. Yes. And she's like stuck on this thing. And yeah. then in the end, you see her and how she kind of got stuck floating in space. Yeah. And that's how she died. It was the first thing I thought of. Yeah, yeah, And I was like, if only she had someone to bring toss her into a ring. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I love this episode. It, 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 it hit a lot of feels that could just be where I am. In life, but I did not want them to die, and and I definitely thought this could be a death. Yeah. I mean, we'd come back because it's Stargate, but I definitely thought this would be a death. It's like they die, and then in the next episode, they have to go find a sarcophagus to to bring them them back or something, you know? I I like the the Teal trying to to be, like, the strong, cool guy. Um, And then the Teal guilt. Oh, Teal guilt. Gosh, he's got so much of that to go around. Um... And I liked Sam and um, Jacob's conversation. Yeah. 
Uh, one, I liked it because we saw a little bit of their father-daughter relationship. Yep. Uh, I liked how pissed she got. How oh, she's yeah. like, fuck off, I'm an adult. And they both got fiery at each other. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I love how quickly, you can see that there's a lot of this in their past. Yes. Um, they're both very strong-minded people, and I think in a lot of ways she's trying to always prove herself to her dad, except when he's deciding that she didn't prove herself, then she's like, no, fuck you, I've done this for myself. Well, it's interesting. I like the dynamic between, because at the same time that there is a father, clearly a father, daughter, you know, mentor, yeah, that dynamic. But at the same time, there is a weird factor at this point of equality between them. Yes. Yeah. Of like, she's like, oh, no, no, no. If this was personal father daughter shit, I would take your shit. This is not. I yeah. do this for a living. Well, so she, she, you know, she walks this line where well, part of her wants her to wants him to always be proud of her. But then she gets pissed when it's like, wait a minute. I know how far I've come. And what exactly. I, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. And it's so like, that's no, awesome. actually, you just said earlier in the episode, you didn't know what the fuck yeah. was going on and how that thing flew. And then so. Daniel is the Wizard of Oz. Pretty good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Daniel's just Daniel. Daniel, you know, barding it up is pretty great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, it, it's, this is a fun, this is a fun episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I like science. Does it make your list? Um, well, let's see. I have to go back to rankings. Let's mm-hmm. see. This probably makes my list. The question okay. is, is where it makes my list. Dun, dun, dun. Um, I think this goes at number four. I think Nemesis gets crossed off my list, which oh. is my number five. And it goes above Divide and Conquer and below Upgrades. Okay. Um, because there's still something about Upgrades that makes me happy. I like Upgrades, but... It's number I five think, on your list, so I know. it's probably going to be lost, huh? I think, I think we're going to keep tangent and we're going to lose upgrades, because I'm not ready to get rid of Watergate. Okay. I will. I think I will. Point. Yeah. yeah I, um, you just got to hold on to Troy a little bit longer. I, yeah, I'm just hanging on to Deanna <laughs> Troy, because Deanna Troy. Um, but yeah, I think it's number five on my list. So we do have another for Crying Out Loud. We go up to yes. 32. Yeah. We have another... Uh, I know Peter DeLuise is in this. I'm pretty sure that's Peter DeLuise. I'm just going to count it okay. as a ninth cameo. Do it. And we have an eighth indeed. Yes. We're getting there, um, guys. Yeah. We're getting good stuff. Um, so next week, next week we're covering The Curse. <gasps> and Grace, you're going to like this one. Dun, dun, dun. One of the things that you requested that you wanted to see... <gasps> It's in this episode. Yes! I predicted the future. Actually, this might be two weeks from now, right? Because well, it's we the are... next episode we're covering. Got it. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. We are. I know we just had a tangent last week. And there really was sorry. us, guys. Um, we've had vacations. And so we uh, just saw Guardians. One of us may have vacations. Another one of us has finals and moving a house. So Not so much fun. Yeah. But we... <laughs> Combination of which was caused last weekend. <laughs> but we're going to bring you Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. Uh, next week. Nice little short tangent cast. But then the next episode is yes. going to be The Curse. It's going to be The Curse. And oh, yeah. You wanted some You wanted some Daniel backstory. I'm going to get some points here, aren't I? You're I'm going gonna, gonna, to get some predictions. You get some yes. You get some Daniel backstory in this I'm one. excited. I'm looking I don't know how many predictions are right. You just want to see more Daniel backstory. I did. I did want to see more Daniel backstory. So this one, it's called The Curse. I've decided that I'm going to win all the predictions. Okay. All of them. All of them? Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready for some Daniel action. Yes. Alrighty. Guys, thanks for listening. Um, yep. You know where to find us. Uh, you can always find us on Facebook um, at There's No Place Like Tara. You can find us on Twitter at Tara Podcast. Uh, you can email us at There's No Place Like Tara at gmail.com. Uh, you can always please review us on iTunes. It helps us a lot. And we'll see you soon. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.